You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and it is cut down day. Three times in six days, everybody. You must be getting sick of this, or it means it's time for the season to start. So we we predicted this. You know, we made our 53-man predictions last week at 4 o'clock today. Um, that initial 53-man roster came out. Let's evaluate and see how close we were, any surprises, and what needs to be done next. Yeah, so this is this is what the Giants released for the 53-man roster. So we're just going to jump down here, start with the offense. The offense, by the way, there's only 24 people. Um, they initiated a trade today, which we'll get to later, and they are saving oh. a roster spot for him. QBs, just two, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor. We thought that would happen, right? We have uh, we had Devito probably ending up on the practice squad. Um, we we touched on this last episode. We don't think anybody's going to pick him up, right? No, I think he's fine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this was interesting though. Four running backs were taken, but surprisingly, it's Barkley, Breda, Brightwell, and Gray. Now, like, I know that they like him for special teams. I would even tell you that. Um, I think he's shown more in his time here as a running back than Gray has already. Uh, so, like, I think he has, like, value. But this was just kind of shocking because, I like, everybody had him cut. He got, like, no snaps for so much of preseason. Yeah, and our thinking was we both didn't have him on our, on our projections was that you could basically get the same guy for a year, you know, a year younger from what we're really expecting from him. So that was that was kind of surprising. Yeah, and I, I thought if they would keep four running backs that it would be Corbin over him. Same. That's who I had. Now, as we go through this, this is just kind of strange, but it might make more sense in the coming days. Um, this might be a situation where this roster is going to shake up over the next couple of days. It's not going to stay the way that it is. They're going right. to pick some well, – at least we think – or they're probably at least maneuvering to potentially pick up cutdowns from other teams. So they might be thinking something like Corbin will be easier to stash or something like that. And so they keep Brightwell on the roster only to cut him later and you know use that roster spot for an offensive lineman or something like that. That's right. totally possible. Um, right. So we, we, not getting too crazy, but still that was just a little jarring. Right, and we kind of were baking in when we were making our predictions that would be, you know, another one of this roster spot will be from a cut down or something. So we, we know that this is a work in process. Would you say that Brightwell is probably among the first to be cut if there's a waiver claim pickup? I would think so, for I, sure. I would think so. Absolutely. He's got to be like 50 through 53. He's got to be would, in there somewhere. Yeah, and he, he knows something he might know that already too. Sure. Yeah. Um, tight ends. They went three. Darren Waller, uh, Daniel Bellinger, Lawrence Cager. No shocks. Same. 
Um, they did place Chris Myrick went to IR. We talked about that yesterday. He had a broken hand. Um, and Tommy Sweeney was placed on the non-football injury list for his medical scare at practice. I don't know. He might be activated from that later on. It's kind of a safe place to store him, at, though, uh, while he gets sorted out. So It's not the reason why you want to be on that list. but you know, No, but it's a— it's looking, a looking at bright sides of things that might have helped him get on this team later on. Yeah, exactly. Um, wide receiver, only six. Some some surprise here, but again, we, we knew a lot of this, right? Wandale yes. Robinson was activated today. Uh, that was rumored a whole bunch coming up in the last week. Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, they make the team. Uh, Cole Beasley was cut. Jamison Crowder cut. Colin Johnson's, David Sills, Mickens, Pimpleton, all cut. Yeah, I thought that uh, I thought that Beasley would make the roster, and we, we I discussed why in the last episode. But uh, yeah, apparently they thought they could move on without him. So I am not going to have a sleepless night tonight about it. But no. uh, little surprise. I, I think he'll be on speed dial throughout the I think season. I think someone's going to pick him up. That's still might be my my prediction, and okay. uh, hopefully I'm wrong. I mean, you would definitely because you know. We're assuming with this that, oh, we'll have these six wide receivers throughout the whole season, no problem. But, of course, somebody's going to get hurt. And, yes, it'd be nice if we can, you know, go on Speed Island, pick him up, and bring him in. He's a, he's a fast learner. He's, he spent a summer or late part of the summer learning this offense. He can be a plug-and-play if necessary. Yeah, and it's funny because all of the guys, the criticism of uh, the Giants having, like, 100 slot guys, isn't the criticism for every single slot guy they have high injury rate with Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell, Jameis. Uh, I don't know about Jamison Crowder, but Wandale Robinson and these already. Right. I mean, like yeah. why not have like five people that know the offense? Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, this room might look radically different in weeks 14 than it does right now. I would think Jamison Crowder is another one that they'll keep on speed dial. I don't think he did anything wrong in the preseason to get cut. I just think that he was the oddest man out. Um, I think that because of his age, though, he might have a, a, a chance of catching on somewhere else also, though. I mean, he's 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 younger than Cole Beasley, so I think he has a better shot. But I don't know that he's as good. I think, you know, just the rising tide of this room where everybody was better than they have been the last year or two years ago where, you know, the last guy cut last year, the year before, probably wasn't going on an NFL roster. But now that the overall talent in the room is better, you know, someone like him, you know, even though he was a cut, may get picked up somewhere else. So it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but I, I would think that both of those guys will be on speed dial this year, hopefully. Yeah, um, and, and also – and also, just because they may get picked up by another team does not mean that in seven days, two weeks, they are back on the street again. Too, we're yeah. talking about we're talking about people that are fringe roster spots at this point. So that doesn't mean just because someone signs them, they can go have a thirteen-year career with the, the Broncos after this. Right, it could be thir- could be thirteen minutes. Um, offensive line. A little bit of a shakeup here, not much, but uh, okay. you know the main guys: Andrew Thomas, Josh Azudu, Ben Bredesen, John Michael Schmitz, Mark Lewinsky, Evan Neal, Matt Parrott, Marcus McKeithen, Shane Lemieux sneaks on. I thought that he was pretty fringe. I guess he's going to be the third string center or something, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of like a swing guard. 
But Tyree Phillips cut. I thought that was interesting. Um, I mean, I, we mentioned that none of the depth linemen were particularly great. Um, so I guess nothing is too surprising, but he was far from the worst. I thought that Matt Pert's time was up, and I I had him cut, and I had Phillips being kept. That's so right. So I was yeah. I was wrong on those two. Well, I mean, I, I had them both staying. I actually had us with ten linemen. Uh, I just had Phillips in there, but man, I, I'm I'm pretty surprised. I thought I thought it would be Matt Pert as well. He looked downright ugly in that last preseason game too. I mean, it's against backups as well. I mean, I I, I guess. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, looking around what might be potential cuts in the rest of the league that, you know, the grass may not have been greener for, for a swing tackle. And they may not be expecting much of anything out there. So I, I don't know. Again, will Matford actually be on the roster on – That's what that I was going to ask you next. When yeah. that Cowboy game happens, I, I – I, I hope not. I hope they are, you know, dumpster diving, doing whatever to try to, you know, make better of that roster spot at that position because it, it's it frightens you. It frightens me. I'm sure it frightens everybody associated with this um, this franchise that the uh, the fragility of the uh, state of the tackles. So, well, here's what here's what frightens me honestly. Here, um, I think he has to be here week one because. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that both Shane Lemieux and Matt Pear are roster spot, and they're in that 50 to 53 area as well. I think they're both, you know, one particular roster move away from being gone. But that being said, I don't know that you can even get rid of Matt Pear that quickly. I mean, week one, Evan Neal was how many weeks away from a concussion? I mean, if there's sure. a mid-game issue at tackle, you can't. I mean, can you really expect any kind of success bringing a guy off the street? I guess he'd be here for two weeks. He'd be able to do something for you. Two weeks, yeah. It's not like it's not like the first game is this Sunday, and we're talking about this when. It's not like the old days, you know. So. Yeah, I, I don't um, know. And I'd like to say it couldn't get worse than that pair, but it absolutely could if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um. I mean, again. That's kind of assuming they're trying to go with the assumption that it's not likely that Evan Neal is either banged up again or something. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think it's some. I think I think right now he's purely a placeholder, and if they can find something better, they will make the move. And if not, and again, remember, you know, it might be two weeks to get ready. You know, on this team, but whoever they're picking up probably was a cut down from another team. So that means. They were at OTAs. Yeah, they it's were not like – the other thing too is that like if we're, or if we're picking up somebody else to replace him, it's not like, you know – He wasn't hauling ice. It's, yeah, it's, it's not it's Joe Thomas team. either though. Right. It, it, you know, teams aren't cutting Joe Thomas. Yeah. We are getting another waiver guy. So either way, it sucks. I don't know. I Well, again, let's put it in reality check too. If You know, if you, you have to go to a backup tackle in this league – yeah. It's still a backup tackle. I mean, if you when you lose your starting tackle to injury, there's going to almost on every team in this league, you're going to have a decrease in quality. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's going to have to be an off-season focal point again. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at looking at tackles. Well, I mean, I in think, the second I, round, but I would say most teams are always keeping their eye out for at least increasing their backups. Anyway, you know so my that, position. I, I'm I'm always looking at offensive line every year. You can always build mm-hmm. it. So sure, you can always improve it. 
it's five spots. Average NFL career is like four years, isn't it? So you well, you mean, could pick it, one every year. I mean, really, I look at it as kind of ten spots. <laughs> to be very honest, you yeah, know, true. You, you need that depth. You know, we've we've been the recipient of having a bad rash of injuries for the last eighty six years. So, you know, just as soon we're penciling Andrew Thomas to be in the Pro Bowl, we may be having a backup left tackle the whole season. It, it's just the way. You knock on wood, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's <laughs> it, it's not an impossibility. It's not a probability, but you, you, know, you, you never know. So that's why you need to be prepared. Um, that's why I always choose Trojan. Defense. Uh, defensive God. line, they stuck with six. DJ Davidson makes the team. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, um... Nunez Roches, um, Ashawn Robinson, Jordan Riley, and DJ Davidson. I didn't um, have Davidson. I had I had five, and I didn't have him. Yeah, I thought that he might be able to just sneak on the practice squad, I or something like that. Um, I think Ryder Anderson had some kind of he might have went to IR or something like that. He has I a triceps so. injury. Uh, I didn't track every single move, but yeah, I know Ryder Anderson. They still probably like. Um, into the edge room, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Jihad Ward, Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Baldonado was cut, likely practice squad guy. O'Shane Ziminis was straight up cut. Um, are we shocked about any of these? No, right? No, I mean, I had I had Ziminis uh, making the roster, but I also had it circled on my yeah. sheet here. So I think that means as light and pencil as you can get. Yeah, I mean, and I did think that there was a chance he would make the team. Um, It's one of those things where he does add some level of pass rush presence for a Wink Martindale defense that I guess there's a package where you can toss him in there and get some production. He feels like the defensive version of Shane Lemieux for me. It's just like there's some sort of intangible that maybe I'm missing that the coaches like and, you know, they're cockroaches. They kind of survive cut day and the Turk, and they're just still here. Here's my thing: is that he doesn't do anything decisively. Like it's not that he is without talent or that he's a bust or or whatever. It's that too many times I see this thing where he is not sure if he should be rushing the quarterback or dropping into cover. And I don't mean like assignment wise. I mean like an on his feet thinker. He's not an on his feet thinker. He just kind of goes at the pass rush with a lot of speed and a lot of effort, and he tries, but he doesn't. You know, he, he gets sacks. They're usually just cleanup sacks or, or something like that. Um, but in that, you know, he, he has other things where he makes big mental screw-ups right up in the middle of the field. If a, if a quarterback's rolling out of the pocket, he has this thing where he's not sure. Like, am I, am I going to rush at him or am I going to drop back? And it's been pretty embarrassing at times. And he's also bad against the run. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to cut him, but he does offer some kind of pass rush presence. So he's not, I he's could not see a- it happening. He's not a rookie anymore, and those things you should, you know, it should be instinct what you're doing. And if he's still processing, you know, what is this year three for him? Year four? It's you know, you kind of are what you are at some point. I think he was 2019. I can't remember if he was 2019, 2018. I think he was 2019. Okay, so it's long enough to be, you know, not a green rookie anymore. That you should be, like I said. 
muscle memory alone, what you where you need to be on the field, and we're seeing too many things that rookies make mistakes on. And and that was always my thing is that he he was a guy that you take a chance on in the middle rounds of the draft, and he's still where he was as a rookie. So it's not like it was a bad draft pick; it just didn't work. Happens, and well, it might I catch mean, on somewhere else. I don't know. I mean, did, did, I mean, for a guy that hung around. Four years. I don't know if we could call that someone who didn't work. I wouldn't call him a bust. It was just kind of like a ran his course. He's a yeah. standard issue draft pick that just kind of came, did his thing, and moved on. And we're going to get to – should we jump right into Carlos Basham? Let's do it. All right. So, I, I mean, I think these two things fit right into each other here. O'Shane Ziminis out, uh, Carlos Basham, and Boogie Basham. Um Trade with Buffalo, we don't know. I don't know if we know all the terms yet. I believe there was also a swap of picks involved in 2025, not 2024 picks. But I don't know that we ever got those details. No, I was searching around. I saw the article, the two articles about it. I didn't see what we actually gave up for it. So I guess it's TBD. Yeah, TBD right now, but I don't think it was much. Uh, So Carlos Basham is not all that different from O'Shane Ziminis, but he's different in ways that I think are important, at least from what I was able to see what I've seen other analysts I've trust say online. Uh, but 6'3", 280, he's got a tweener body type. So like right away that screams like you have to be some kind of you know, instinctive god or an athletic freak or something to really overcome something like that. Uh, it, it just doesn't work well in a lot of schemes. So he was a second-round pick in 2021. He has inside outside versatility so he can kind of get down there and be a little bit of a big defensive tackle at 280 but he does have really good closing speed for that size um he doesn't have the length or the bend in my opinion to truly be an edge rusher but when he plays sort of that defensive end role in a stand-up fashion he has a lot of short area quickness where he can kind of do end tackle stunts and get inside or he can get a like you know just do a, a standard pass rush right into your tackle and kind of work something the the problem is that i don't think that he's a very good polished pass rusher i don't think that he has a whole lot of counters if he gets stopped so a lot of his success in the pass rush game i think comes from either winning right away like whether it's with speed in a move or just the speed or whatever but either winning right away or just effort because he doesn't give up he'll continue but if there's good coverage downfield he can get there and kind of have a cleanup sack or something like that. Um, but where I think he's different than O'Shane Ziminis is that I think he's pretty disciplined in the run game. I think he's pretty good at setting an edge. Uh, he doesn't let stuff get around the outside of him. For being 6'3", he kind of looks pretty long. I don't know if he is long, but he seems to stretch out that wingspan and cover a lot of space and force things back inside. And I think... When I think about this defense with Wink, and you know, I, I want to know what you think based on what I just told you. Like, I think that that helps, right? Because we have all these big bodies in the middle on the defensive line, and you know, we had all these run game issues last year. I know O'Shane Ziminis stinks against the run, and I'm not saying that Boogie Basham coming here is going to solve run game issues, but it's a depth piece that is probably upgraded in the right direction, right? Yeah, I agree. And I'm um, doing a little research here as you're speaking. You know, he is a year younger. Um, you know, this, this roster is – we're still trying to get this roster younger overall thinking big picture beyond this year because, you know, we're still trying to, you know, worry about cap issues and things going forward. And if, and if he becomes an integral part of this rotation, you know, you'd like to keep a guy like that a little longer than, you know, let's say um, 
Simenez was it was a year before him. Um, and also, it is a swap of late round draft picks. It's nothing more specific than that. This is from what I'm reading here. So we don't know what that means specifically. Um, I, th- I thought I had seen somewhere that they were specifically 2025 picks, but uh, it's been a long day. I might have imagined that. I've been reading a lot of news, too. Like It's kind of a flurry of information flying around for half the day. A swap of late round picks in 2025. Oh, okay, this cool. Is from, that's from Art Staples. Yes. So, yeah, I think that he'll be able to offer pretty much the same pass rush that O'Shane Ziminis does, but I think that he'll help out in the run game where Ziminis did not. And yeah, I think and that I, also with, like, Wink's scheme, like, the, the I think there's more likelihood that he can be that stand-up guy rather than a hand-in-the-dirt guy all the time. Maybe that's just more his thing. And it just makes more sense just thinking what Wink ultimately wants to do, cause chaos, you know, right. have the constant pass rush, you know, blitz guys all over. That is all predicated on third and longs. And if your rush defense sucks and all of a sudden it's second and three or second and two or third and one, it's hard to cause chaos in the passing game, you know. There doesn't need to be a passing game. Yeah. Yeah. Get them in third and nine. Get them in third and eight. And how does that happen? You stop their ass on first down trying to run the ball. You stop their ass again on second down. You're not a sieve where these guys are just five yards on first, four on second. So, you know, this defense needed a lot of work in the last couple of years, and I think this is an important piece of this is, you know, getting that run defense under control because it was, you know, it was unacceptable last year. And um, that will allow, you know, this defense to pin their ears back more and, and go, you know, go after the quarterback. So it's a good move. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a good move. We'll, we'll, hopefully it'll work out where it didn't work with Buffalo. Um, linebacker, a little bit interesting, but not really. Um, Bobby Okereke, Micah McFadden, Carter Coughlin makes it, I think, partially as a depth linebacker. I think that he looked pretty good in the preseason, but third string, maybe. But third string, yeah, maybe, because Darren Beaver's cut. Um I think they're probably going to try and stash him in the practice squad. I think, you know, the the thought is that he looked a little slow in camp returning from his ACL injury. I got to be honest, I thought he was slow and stiff to begin with. Um, I'm a little surprised that they liked him so much. I thought he was, you know, mid. But mm-hmm. that's just kind of my assessment. But uh, I, I had him making the team, you know, I, I just know that the coaches like him. Personally, I, I probably wouldn't have even drafted him. I, I did as well. I had him also making the team. Um, so yeah, it looks like he'll probably clear through and get to practice. I mean, it's not like he has a ton of tape out there. He got his ACL torn, mm-hmm. I believe in preseason last year. Uh, he didn't really put a whole lot of game film on there. He got a lot of first team reps in like early training camp. Uh, so I don't really remember how many preseason snaps he got. So I don't think teams are going to put a waiver claim on him. I don't think people are out there salivating over a guy who hasn't played much hasn't had much film and has a major injury under his belt so i think it's something that you know to be to be continued for his his story with the giants and cam brown does make the team i think that he's probably the 53rd man yeah i did not have him making the team um i i'm a little bit sick of hearing about how good he is on special teams (laughs) i know (laughs) um defensive backs no surprises here, I don't think. Deontay Banks, Adoree Jackson, Cordell Flott, Trey Hawkins, 
Xavier McKinney, Jason Pinnock, Dane Belton, Javarius Owens, Nick McLeod, Darnay Holmes, and Bobby McCain all made the roster. Any surprises there for you? Nope. That's pretty much that's what I had. Yeah, I think McCain, you know, he might be somebody that's dropped at some point, but he is a nice veteran presence back there. Everybody else in the safety room, I mean, the most senior guy is Xavier McKinney, and he's pretty young, so. Right, right, I, right. It makes sense, but I think as an athlete, he's probably the worst in the DB room. And then we also talked about Holmes when he, when he took the pay cut. That pretty much ensured he'd be back, That too. sealed the deal, yeah. I mean, I, he yeah. still could be dealt early on, um, but it told me he's going to he's gonna be here for week one. That's a least. lot of work to do for a guy you're ultimately going to trade, so. No, I don't mean trade. I mean, he could just be midway through the year. They might just cut his ass. I mean, you oh, don't yeah, know. Okay, you said dealt. I, I thought you were going towards like it. Oh, d- yeah. D- I don't. I, I guess I didn't yeah. mean it like that. Gotcha. Um, Aaron Robinson, I believe, remains on the PUP list. I heard literally nothing about him, so I assume that's where he stays. <laughs> yeah. um, specialists, Lions. What's his name? Cameron Lions or whatever. He got cut. No surprise. That's it. That's our. That was our day one day. I expect more moves beyond Carlos Basham being elevated. I do as well. Um, I, I think we did both did a pretty good job of projecting this. I think we we both gave ourselves some some flexibility, knowing there'd be some more moves happening. I think. Are you a little surprised that there were two deals happening before the cutdown? I thought that that was a little slightly surprising. I think. No, I'm not, not really. I think. I think that a lot goes into a single day cutdown, and I think that that's too much to do. Uh, I think even logistically, like I think the paperwork to get everything done by the deadline, the way you want to is an unnecessary frustration when I think that there is some paperwork you can get done the day before, you know what I mean? And I think even for some guys, it's considered a, uh, a decency, you know what I mean? Like you will catch on somewhere else. I'm giving you a one day head start. I know you're not in our plans. No, I was talking about, I was talking about the trades we made before. I'm just no, saying I, that's all part of yeah. doing business before cutdown day. No, so are, yeah. you mean the fact that they did one at all? Well, in fact, I guess they, I guess they had two. I mean, if you consider the Simmons one, also. Yeah, I would say that. So yeah. I think that that's also a product of the the single day cutdown. I think this is kind of working the same the way that undrafted free agents work, right? Like, so undrafted free agents kind of. As a player, you'd rather be that because you get to negotiate how much money you want. And if teams really do want you, they will give you more money than late-round draft picks get contractually. That being said, teams use their seventh-round draft picks essentially to lock up the undrafted free agents that they absolutely want. So this is kind of working the same way. You know, Instead of having to deal with the mass chaos of the waiver wire on a single-day cutdown, you trade away some bullshit picks – you know, a 2025 late round pick is inconsequential right now. Sure. Um, so you, you kind of just deal that shit away. You ensure that you get the guy that you wanted from a team that just told you over the phone that they're not going to. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you've you've conv- So I think that trades are kind of being used uh, in a way because of that single day cut down and reaction me, to it. Let me ask you a question. And you may not know the answer to this, but it's just your opinion. Do you like the system the way it was, let's say – seven years ago when there were four preseason games and, and three cutdowns. 
I think what? it was three for a long time, and then they made it two for like five years, and then this they they negotiated that third preseason game. So okay, so my my question is, did, did you prefer the system before where there were four preseason games, and let's say there were three cutdowns, or now where there's just three preseason games and one master cutdown at the end? Do you think that does it make a difference to you at all in trying to build a roster or do you think it was better the way it was before or do you think now that you have more time less game film but more time to evaluate these guys before you make your final cut well i think the first system with three cutdowns is crazy i think with the amount of practices that they're allowed to have now three cutdowns that first cutdown i think you're probably not even getting a fair shot for some of those guys they're getting so few reps that yeah. you know Short of it being only five guys, and even then, five guys, it might be five guys you didn't even get a chance to look at. You know, I, I don't know. Um, or or make a decision on based on an injury that might be short term or something like that. Uh, so I think three is, is crazy. Um, but I did like when you had four preseason games doing it in two. I do think that, and it was like a small amount got axed first. I want to say it was like 10 to 15. And after three preseason games, we're already doing you know a full roster cutdown so it's clearly enough time to get a good look at the 10 to 15 and then you have that last preseason game to kind of really get a good look at them now that you're down to three preseason games and i'm not against that by the way i'm seeing a lot less injuries at least <laughs> the giants had a lot less well, injuries. i'm leading up to another question so well, yeah, keep going um i think it's tough doing it one day and it's not a selfish thing for me i don't really care if all the news lands on one day yeah uh, yeah. That that doesn't matter to me, um, but I think it probably makes it really tough on the coaches. So I, I don't know. It seems like two is a better number. Do you see a world in twenty thirty three where there are no more preseason games as they are now, and we replace that with these kind of joint practices during the week? Yes. Um, be, because I really they feel like dinosaurs to begin with. It. There's going to be more and more outrage from the public who has to pay for these. You know, these aren't games; these are glorified practices at this point. You know, you're, you know, it was it was a big story that Aaron Rodgers got on the field. Period. You know, so when you have to, and you know, and again, the vast majority of NFL season ticket holders, ticket holders are season ticket holders. They have to buy these games. I had to buy two of them. And it's just harder and harder to justify, ha- you know, the public having to buy it. And I, I think these these joint practices, I just think they get more accomplished what they're trying to do over a game situation. Uh, you know, you're playing more of your ones and ones, your twos and twos. You're seeing more uh, scenarios, realized scenarios. I think it's better evaluation, is better film for the coaches. I really think that the preseason game as we know it is numbered and i think we're going to go to this kind of hybrid way and be more like the college motto and and uh, and, and not to mention the fact that you said it before you know injury risk i think just less you're playing at full game speed i think there's the potential for injury goes down yeah i i think that's it's very possible that there's like you know three weeks of training camp and then three weeks of joint practices instead mm-hmm. of three trees and you know i mean probably ending with they'll find some way to monetize some like scrimmage or something at the end of the week of practices or friday it'll be like 
uh, 11 on 11 ones and twos or something like that. And that's fine. And people – and there is a a group of people who would want to go and pay to see that. Then that's great. But I yeah. don't think you know holding – Holding season ticket holders hostage for you know we had to chill out for two games that you know you and I had zero interest in going to attend if if we could have and uh, I've been to one in 23 years since I've been living back up here again <laughs> again and that's the Giants that's you know I bleed blue so I, I I just think that just also the nature of how training camp is evolving I just think it's it's a, a better format with what's kind of you know. I think yeah, I think it reveals more, it does more for the players, and yeah. and how do you how do you continue to negotiate safety rules and continue to let this go? And the Pro Bowl isn't even a game, and yeah. it's it's so people don't get hurt, and yet you have meaningless games. So. And look, you know something the Players Association might be looking at the next time they open up, uh, you know, a collective bargaining agreements like you know, the, you know, the hell with these things. We don't want to play them anymore. So what, that. what's next for us? Uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be anything for Labor Day weekend. You know, maybe some roster shakeup, but I don't know. It's going to be whole episode worthy. Uh, I know I am boarding a plane tomorrow to go to Utah to see the Gators play Utah in the, you know, the. it's week one, but we're playing on Thursday night on national TV. So if all of you are looking for a college team to adopt living in the Northeast, I even Join the Gator and Bad Wanget now while we still kind of suck, but you know, good days are coming. So I'll be doing that this weekend and then off to Vegas for the weekend where um, I am going to be making uh, two preseason bets. And I want to know real quick before we go what you think. Um, I'm taking the under on the Jets wins and the under on the Bucks. I feel like both teams are going to be really awful and I don't. I, I'm not buying this jet business one bit. I just feel their offensive line is really bad. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers in all season. And I think the Bucks. I people still think that, well, they just got rid of Tom Brady. That team is going to be terrible. So my money in Vegas is going on the under for both of those two teams. I agree with you on Tampa. I, I think not only are they going to be bad, I think when they start getting hurt, they're going to be like really bad. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I think. I, I don't know about the Jets. The Jets, to me, are a flip of a coin. I don't even know what their schedule looks like, so I can't even. But uh, what is the what is the line? The Jets, I believe, were uh, nine and a half. I believe. Uh, I'll lock that down once I get to Vegas. But it was kind of. Well, I don't high. think it's a crazy bet just to bet the under. No, I don't think yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, I, I just. Aaron Rodgers has to show it to me this year that he's still above average. You know, he's playing with a really bad offensive line. Um, and it's the Jets. I mean, this is exactly the the heartbreak that their fans have gotten used to for the last 50 years where, you know, there's excitement and anticipation and it goes to shit. And I'm going to profit off of the go to shit part. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's me. All right, so then we will be back next week, hopefully with a nice little Labor Day weekend surprise episode. And then we're at the regular season time, baby. We're going to have to get ready for a uh, old-fashioned Just Giants week one preview. That's right. I mean, if, you know, this little taste of three shows in six days, you know, it's a little teaser for we get back to our normal season schedule of having shows come out every Tuesday morning and every Friday morning. Tuesday morning, the review of the previous week, Friday the preview of the upcoming week so um 
double your pleasure. So you better make sure you're subscribing to us on YouTube and on your favorite podcasting service because we're going to come fast and furious at you. That's right. And, of course, if you're on Twitter or X or whatever, a good place to follow us, Instagram as well. Um, All right. I got to say something really quick. Go for it. I am putting the end to the – what are we calling it now? X or Twitter? Oh, I mean, I'm okay. The fucking thing is X. It's been X for a month. Every, every, every goddamn podcast I listen to, it's like X or Twitter. Whatever we're calling it now, it's like we know what it's called. It's X. Everybody, I, I'm, I am ending this once and for all. I'm sick of hearing that. It's X. We are both on X. That wasn't continue. really a joke. That's just me. I, 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 I know, continue to call it Twitter just because it's out of. I've had it for like that, 15 years. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, follow us on there at football underscore grump at the cranky fan at just giants pod and Instagram as well with all the same stuff. Um, it's going to be a great season and we're right at the start of it. I'm really, really excited. Um, we have a big, uh, oh, we have a big potential episode next week to stick around for. We're not going to reveal it yet, but, uh, could be a lot of fun. So follow the socials to hear more information about it. Yep. Yep, so we will see you next week, probably. I just don't know which day yet. Yeah, but hang tight. All right, everyone. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants and go Gators. Go Gators.